This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Good morning, River Church. I hope you've had a great week, that you're staying encouraged and connected to one another. Uh, Don't forget to call and text each other, check in on each other. Uh, We need to stay connected now more than really ever. And uh, if you're new with us today online and would like more information about our church, or maybe there's something we can pray with you about or a need that you may have, uh, don't forget to fill out our digital communication card. Uh, You can find that in the comments section on this video and know that I will personally get those cards and will be praying for you. Uh, It's important that you know that we're here for you and available for you. Um, Today, we actually start a new series that's inspired by these words in Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along right paths for his name's sake, and even when I go through the darkest valley, I will fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What inspired the series that we're starting today were these words, and specifically uh, the words where David says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And the truth is that we all go through a valley at some point in our lives. And regardless of who you are, where you're born, your background, social status, finances, age, health, whatever you want to list, like we all have valleys. And and it's true that some are bigger than others, but we all have valleys that we walk through. And and as a country right now, we're somewhat in the valley together, right? As, As a world, even, I would say we're in a valley right now. And nothing has really made us feel more a part of uh, the human race than, than what this virus is kind of doing, right? We're, we're being connected all together as one world. I've uh, actually been recently listening to a podcast on World War I, uh, and if you paid attention to whenever these great wars would happen, these countries would rise up together and unite together, and, and there'd be this huge morale boost, and they'd all come together. But even in that, it was still an us versus them mentality, right? It was my country versus the country that we're going to war with. And through this virus, it's kind of become an us versus them scenario where it's us, the world, versus them, the virus. And, or at least that's that's my hope, that this thing would potentially bring us all together, um, not just as a nation, but as a world, that we would see each other as brothers and sisters of the human race. And we would see that we're really all in this valley, uh, really together. And so um, what we want to do in this series is talk about the valley. Not not how we can avoid the valley, because the truth is, again, we're all going to have valleys. And, and being a Christian isn't going to insulate you from the valley. Um, and you probably don't want to hear this, but even after this valley passes, there will be another valley in your life one day. And so the question for us today as Christians is, how do we walk through the valley and spiritually thrive? 
Uh, how do I make sure that I come out the other side? How do I keep from just stumbling through the valley, right? Um, but maybe actually come out healthy on the other side and actually come out spiritually stronger on the other side. And so that's what this series is going to be about, is spiritually thriving in the valley. And, and there's a few promises that we need to remember as we walk through the valley that I think will help us keep our eyes on God. I think it'll keep us, keep our confidence in God and, and help us to remain faithful in the trial. And so today I can't give you all the answers. I can't give you all the solutions to everything that's going on. I wish I could, but, but I can't. But I do hope that I can give you some assurances that we can trust in God regardless of the outside circumstances. Um, over the last few weeks, because of these circumstances, maybe Maybe you've had a bad day. Maybe you've had a few bad weeks, right? Maybe you've had um, some moments that have just left you exasperated because of what's going on in our world. Maybe you're, maybe you're fighting with your spouse a little bit more than usual or yelling at your kids or getting frustrated with your kids a little bit more than usual, right? I mean, not, not me and my family, right? But I'm sure other families, right? Uh, maybe, maybe you're yelling at your coworkers a little bit more, you, you know, your poor dog. Um, maybe Maybe you've just had some moments where, Everything at once seems like it's gone wrong. Um, where everything in just a few moments seems like it's falling apart. Uh, on Easter, our family, uh, we kind of had a moment like that. Uh, overall, we had a great day. We had a great uh, morning getting up and having church online and all those kinds of things. Um, and we started getting lunch together. And so Katie makes this incredible spread for us for lunch. And, and we're kind of getting it together, getting the table set, food's ready to go. She's got the food lined out on the table and it looks fantastic. Uh, just kind of putting the final pieces together. The kids set, come set down at the table. Their plates are all made. Uh, we're ready to eat. And our one-year-old Judah decides that he wants some green beans. And there's this big bowl of green beans on the table. So he climbs up, kind of gets on the table, reaches for the green beans. And when he does, he gets to the edge of the bowl. The bowl flips, his face falls, it flies in the green beans, piping hot green beans. He screams, steps back off the table under our bench where he had a bowl of chips that he had been eating. His foot steps into the chips. The chip bowl slips out from under him. And I'm watching from a distance as he face plants in the green beans, steps back. I see his foot fly up and he's off the table back on the bench. Like it was crazy. So I run over, I go to help him. And then as I'm helping him up, I look across the table at my one-year-old Gideon, who's looking at me. And in one hand, he's holding the salt shaker. And in the other hand, he's holding the plug to the salt shaker. And on his plate that my wife had just fixed for him is a brand new mountain of salt sitting on top of all of that wonderful food. Um, everything was gone out of the salt shaker. <laughs> maybe maybe your life feels like that right now. I don't know. In that moment, Katie and I just looked at each other and laughed because for us, this wasn't just one moment. This is like every moment with kids. And so um, now that moment, you know, it, it had it had the potential to make our lives that day um, interesting, but it, it, it didn't ruin the day. It didn't make it a bad day. It just made it a crazy moment that turned into a funny memory, right? But for some of us, we've had some really bad days recently. There is a guy in the Bible that we're going to talk about a little bit today who had a really, really bad day. And I'm sure maybe you know his name, Job. Uh, the Bible describes him as a 
devout man who feared God. It says he was a good man. It said that he had incredible blessings from God. And then one day out of nowhere, the rug gets pulled out from under him. I mean, he just, he loses everything. He, he loses his crops, his, his livestock, all of his barns, like fires falling from the sky. Winds are coming and blowing his stuff over. He loses all of his money. He loses his children. His children die, right? And then he, to top it all off, he even gets sick with these like boils that, that, that are, you know, itchy and it's just, it's crazy. Like he loses, he loses everything basically except his wife. And I know the Bible says to find a wife is a good thing, but if you knew Job's wife, it wasn't really a good thing for Job, right? As a matter of fact, at one point he's sitting in a pile of rubble uh, and he's got these boils all over his body. He finds a broken piece of pottery and he's just scratching, itching the boils. I know that's a beautiful picture, but that's what's going on. And his loving, supportive wife walks in and goes, Job, why don't you just, why don't you just curse God and die already, right? Like just curse God and die, right? And I know he's thinking, you know, thanks, honey. And probably he's thinking to God, like, you, you couldn't take her? <laughs> like you took everything else, you couldn't take her? Um, but his, his life, he just, it goes crazy, right? It goes insane, And through all this tragedy, Job actually handles it incredibly well for the most part, right? Um, He he handles it pretty well until he gets to the point where he's finally had enough. And he says this to God in Job chapter 30, verse 20. He says, I cry out to you for help, but you do not answer me. When I stand up, you merely look at me. (laughs) And he's basically saying to God, hey, I'm over here, I'm begging for your help, and you're not even paying attention to me, God. Like, and, and I know some of us, maybe you're feeling that way right now. Like you're going, God, like, do, do you even see me? Like I'm right here. Like, where, where are you? Like I'm, I'm standing up, God. I'm crying out for help. You're, you're not even paying attention. And, and then let me say this. It's okay to be upset, right? It's okay to be sad about what's going on in the world. It, it, that's okay, right? But in the midst of that, let us not forget how good our God has been to us, right? It's easy in moments like this to overlook how incredibly faithful God is to us overall, right? You see, what Job is saying to God in this moment is he's saying, God, you you never help me. God, you never do anything for me. And, and it may feel that way, but it's simply not true, right? And we know that about God. It's simply not true, right? And so Job gets kind of in this mindset and he complains for a while. And if you read it, it's several chapters that he goes on and complains and just kind of, you know, is upset at God. And finally, God responds to Job in Job chapter 38. And uh, by the way, this is one of my favorite passages in all of the scriptures because it reminds me so much of who God is. And and so this all happens and and and. Job's complaining, then God, it says, the Bible says, shows up in a whirlwind, which is like this storm, right? It's not the still small voice that you've heard about before, like God shows up, right? And verse uh, Job 38, let me me just read a little bit of it. It says, uh, starting in verse one, it says, then the Lord answered Job from a whirlwind, and he said, who is this that obscures my counsel with ignorant words? Get ready to answer me like a man. When I question you, you will inform me. Where were you when I established the earth? Tell me if you have any understanding. Who fixed its dimensions? Certainly you know who stretched a measuring line across it. And so God essentially shows up. He's like, okay, Job, if you want to talk, 
Let's talk. Answer me like a man. Let's go. And for three consecutive chapters, God just goes on and on and on in a beautiful way and reminds Job exactly who this God is that he's talking to. It's it's fantastic, right? Now, I would encourage you actually to read it this week because it will make you want to worship our God. Just just how incredible he is. It will make you want to worship our God. And, And what God, though, comes to Job and he says, look, Job, you're talking and you're complaining and you're mad and, and you're complaining about the situation, but the reason why is because you're ignorant. And, and what I mean by that is he's saying, you don't know the whole story, right? You, you don't know what the end looks like here. All you know, Job, is this moment. But I, God, I know the whole story. And so we have a tendency to look at this and be hard on Job, but don't don't be too hard on Job because he does really what we all do at some point when we feel like life is being a little bit unfair. He complains and he finds someone else to blame it on and uh, someone else to be angry at uh, and, and even really maybe feel a little bit sorry for himself. But fortunately for him, our God loves him too much to let him do that for too long. And God reminds him in those three chapters who the God of the universe really is. Because the truth is, is often when we face valleys, we forget who God is. We imagine him as, as this mean God. God, why would you do this to me? Or we imagine him as this uncaring God. God, why would you allow this to happen to me? Or, or even unable. God, why can't you help me, right? It's good for us when God reminds us who he is, even if it hurts us a little bit at first. And fortunately for Job, he does take it well. Like, look at Job's response to what God had to say in Job chapter 40. It says, Then Job answered the Lord, I am so insignificant. How can I answer you? I place my hand over my mouth. And essentially what Job just said there was, my bad, I forgot. Right? I forgot who I was compared to you. And, and he says, I'll, 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 stop, I'll stop talking now. Um, But then Job actually doesn't stop talking. He goes on. And what's actually pretty cool, though, is he tells us something incredible about who God is. And he makes, in some of the following chapters, some statements that end up becoming foundational um, to our faith and, and something that in the valley we need to hold on to. He says in Job 42, 1 through 5, it says, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and that no plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this who conceals my counsel with ignorance? And surely I spoke about things I did not understand, things too wondrous for me to know. And you said, listen now, and I will speak. When I question you, you will inform me. He says in verse 5, I had heard reports about you, but now my eyes have seen you. What do these statements tell us about God? Well, first thing in verse 2, he says, God, I know you can do anything. What that tells us about our God is that we have a God who is all-powerful, all-mighty, all-in-control. In the valley or in times of uncertainty, trusting in God's power and might and sovereignty should bring us comfort and peace. God can do anything. He can do whatever he wants. He, he hung the stars in the sky. He created you sitting there on your couch today watching this video in the valley we need to trust his strength, his power, and his ability. And, and maybe you hear me say that and you go, well, well, th- then why am I in the valley? 
right? Why won't he do anything to save me? Why won't he help me? And, and what I would say is he is doing something. You just don't know what it is yet. Your job is to trust him. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 says, For everything was created by him and in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things hold together. It was all created for him, by him, and it's all sustained through him. He is in control. And in order to thrive in the valley, we need to trust God's strength and power. We need to trust that he's able. And I know sometimes in the valley, it doesn't feel like he's able, but that's when you have to remember all the other times in your life when he showed up, when he showed himself strong and powerful. You got to look back in your life at, at the times when you were in the valley and remind yourself, oh man, he did, he did that. Oh yeah, I remember that time we were struggling here and he saved us here. Or he did this or he, he did that. And you need to remind yourself who he is, right? That same God who did it then, who did it then is able to do it now. You need to remind yourself of his strength. You need to open up the Bible and read some stories of his power and remind yourself he is able. You need to, you need to put your trust in an all-powerful God and stop trusting in a very limited you. The second thing Job teaches us is found in verse 3. He says, Surely I spoke about things I did not understand, things too wondrous for me to know. What I learned from that is that we have a God who's all-knowing. We have a God who knows the beginning to the end. Why? Because he created time. He created the beginning and the end. He's not constrained by it. And, and, and we don't know, we can't see the whole picture, but we have a God who does know the whole picture. We have a God who knows the whole story. You know, last week we celebrated Easter. And if you only know the beginning of Easter, you only know the part where Jesus dies, right? And it's a very sad and terrible story, right? That, that's, that's where the disciples are before the resurrection. But God knows the end of the story before we ever knew the beginning of the story. And so when the disciples are upset and worried, they don't know the end of the story. They don't know that Jesus is about to raise himself from the dead, but God did know. And that's, that's us today where we sit in this valley as we don't know the end. But remember, God knows the end before we know the beginning. And so because we trust our trust in God is that he is all-powerful and that he knows the end. We can trust that he's working in the situation. And, and let me tell you, I already see God working in this valley. I, I see families spending more time together than ever. I see people who are realizing, myself included, that there's things I trust in that don't matter and that I don't need to put my trust in. I, I see things in my life that are wasteful that I don't need, right? I, I'm seeing people come together uh, through relationships, through FaceTime and Zoom and Skype in different ways, right? Because they love each other, they miss each other. And so relationships are actually getting closer. I, I'm seeing people stepping up and helping each other in amazing ways. I got somebody reached out to me this week asking me, hey, I've got some extra supplies. Is there anybody that needs this? I had last week, I had somebody, I mean, it seems like week after week after week, somebody in our church is reaching out to me and going, hey, Mike, is, is there anybody in need that we could help out? Like we've got a little bit of extra, just let me know, right? And if that is you, by the way, let us know because we have people in our church who want to help you, right? Why, why do I point that out? Because of his knowledge and power God is using this situation to mold 
shape us, sanctify us, grow us as Christian men and women. And so when we can't see where we're going, when we can't understand the purpose of what we're going through, we have to trust in the goodness and the faithfulness of our God's heart. And and we trust because of how he saved us before. We trust because we know he is good. And we trust because we believe he's using this situation to grow us and to mature us. And so we remember, right, that God is all-powerful and all-knowing. But if we don't trust him, then even though he is those things, we'll never have peace in the valley right? The valley will become an even greater struggle for us because instead of walking in confidence, I'm walking in fear and without faith in the valley, right? And so during this time, even use this as a prayer. Tell him, God, remind yourself, right? God, I trust in your strength. God, I trust that you know what is happening and how it will end. God, I trust that you're using this to grow me, like me specifically, you watching this, trust that God is using it to grow you, right? The final thing we see from Job is found in verse five, where he says, I have heard reports about you, but now, this is my favorite one, but now my eyes have seen you. Job shows us that our God is a personal God, that he's not some far off God just watching the whole thing burn. He's a personal God who is with us. Job says, I've heard of you, but now I've seen you, right? I, I knew about you, but now I know you. And, and we know that there is a huge difference between knowing about something and knowing something. I remember when Katie was pregnant with our first son, Gideon, and of course we want to be good parents. And so we're, we're trying to learn everything we can about having a child. So we read the books. I remember sitting in the classes, learning how to change a diaper and, um, you know, burping a child, all these, all these things, right? And we asked other parents, hey, what's it like? How'd you do? You know, how'd, you, how'd the first year go? All this kind of stuff. And, and we learned about having kids. In all of that learning about having kids, there was nothing that prepared us for those first few months of having kids. And there's several of you in our church who've recently had kids, and you know you're sitting there shaking your head like this right now because you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? There is a big difference between knowing about something and knowing, seeing, feeling, experiencing something, right? That's why you hear people all the time say, oh, I know about God. I've read the Bible, right? No, no, you may know about God, but you don't know God, do you? know God. Those are two very different things. And it's often in the valley where we see God the clearest. It's in the valley where we learn that he is with us. It's in the valley where we come to know God deeply, right? We learn about who he is, his goodness, how he provides for his children, how he's faithful, loving, kind. And we learn it in the valley through firsthand experience because in the valley we see God. Why? Well, Honestly, it's because we're paying attention, right? He's always been there. He's always been with you. He's always been faithful, but now you've got no other choice. And so you've got no other choice but to rely on him and to put your faith in him. And so, so you're paying attention, so you see him, right? And in these moments, he's with us. And the, and the truth is, you know, no one wants to go through the valley. But if God walks with you in the valley, then I believe in the end you'll be grateful for the valley because it's in the valley where you saw God. Isaiah 43, 2 says, this is something God tells us. He says, I will be with you when you pass through the waters 
And when you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you and you will not be scorched. When you walk through the fire and the flame, it will not burn you. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. That's pretty relevant to right now, isn't it? (laughs) He says, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. And finally, in our theme verse, which is Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. God can renew your life today, right? He leads me along right past for his name's sake. And even when I go through the darkest valley, I will fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God promises us not that we will never face trouble, but that regardless of the circumstance, that he will be with us the entire journey. He will sustain us if we can trust in his strength. And so my my encouragement to you today, River Church, is trust in those truths. Number one, trust that he is all-powerful and in control. Trust that he is all-knowing and working in this to grow you. And finally, trust that in this you will see him because he's with you. To spiritually thrive in the valley, we must trust in these promises and let them be our anchor and our foundation. You need to write them down. You need to pray them. You need to repeat them. Let, let them be, let these three promises be your mantra over the next few weeks. And then pay attention. P- pay attention to what he does and how he moves and write that down too. Like when, when he takes care of you or he provides for you, write it down, right? Write it down so you can, when, when, when it happens, so you can worship him and thank him for it. When God helps us, when God takes care of us, we need to worship him for it. We need to thank him for it. Secondly, you need, we need to write it down so that we can come back to it and remind ourselves of it when we face other valleys in the future, right? Like, like God helps you and takes care of you through all of this. You can look back and be like, look, look what God did in that pandemic. This is, this is nothing. I trust God. I know he can take care of me. I know he's able. I know he's all powerful, right? Write it down so you can look back and be reminded of who he is. And thirdly, and I would say this is maybe the most important Write it down so you can tell others about it. So you can encourage them that when they walk through the valley, you can say, hey, look at my story. Look at what God did for me. He can do that for you. And so he gets glory and honor through how he's taking care of his children. I think it's so important. River Church, God is faithful in the valley. You can trust him in the valley. And maybe you're watching this today online and, and, and you're going through this valley, but you don't know this God. Like you've heard of him, but you've never seen him. I want you to know that you can. That that same God that we've been talking about is available to you. That same God loves you. He cares about you and he wants to walk through the valley with you today. And so maybe I would encourage you, I would, I would beg you, to give your life to Jesus today, to to turn your life over to him and say, God, I want you to be my God. I want you to forgive me of my debt that I owe you through my sin. And I want to follow you with my life. You you can pray and ask him to do that right now, right where you're sitting. And maybe you're you're sitting there and you go, well, I'd like some help with that. Well, we would love to help you. 
So you can send us a message right now on this video, or even better, you can fill out that digital communication card that, that you find linked in the comments, and, and that will come straight to me. And I will, I will personally reach out to you and talk to you about what it means to become a Christian and how you can follow Jesus with your life. I would, that would be such a thrill for me to do that. River Church, I, I love you guys. If there's anything that you need, email me at mike at theriverdfw.com. Uh, if you're new here again, or if there's anything that we can pray for you about, please fill out that digital communication card. We'd love to pray for you and serve you. And always don't forget about our fantastic resources for kids' worship, uh, our online blog. There's tons of great uh, articles on there and the ability to worship through tithes and offering all on our website at theriverdfw.com. All right, River Church, remember God is faithful in the valley, faithful in the valley. Trust in those promises. I love you, and man, I hope to see you soon.